Isn't that awesome? Olivia, so excited for you. This is going to be an adventure. It's going to be a journey of a lifetime. You're going to love it. God's going to move through you. Um, You know, last week we talked about availability. Remember that? And how all the people that God used in Scripture, there was no particular skill set or they weren't like super gifted or talented or whatever. Um, But God used them because they said yes, right? And they were available for him to use them. And so you said yes. God's going to use you. He's going to move through you. Uh, he sees you. He's with you. He's for you. And he loves you. And we're behind you as well. So uh, it's going to be awesome. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Well, uh, as it was said earlier, uh, this is a unique service. So this is going to be kind of a little bit more like a, a little devotional kind of message. A little bit shorter. We'll see. Um, that's my aim. <laughs> uh, but... God is good. Uh, I remember uh, that particular season of my life, same as you, when I was about 18 years old or whatever, uh, hearing the voice of God was a huge deal, right? Because you're making some major life choices. And so discernment, the big question, right? What is God calling me to do? What does God want me to do, right? And that's the big question that we all ask. And that's especially prevalent in that season of our lives. And so I remember that was an area where I was like, God, tell me what to do. Like, I want to be obedient to you. It's a yes. Like, no matter what you say, it's going to be a yes, Lord. But I want to know what you're calling me into and where you're leading me and directing me and guiding me. And, uh, And there can be a lot of pressure with that, right? And our culture says that we have to figure out our entire lives at the age of 18, which is ridiculous because we don't, that's impossible to know what we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives at the age of 18. Um, but there's that pressure a little bit uh, with our culture and with our society to discern. And especially as, for us as believers, we want to follow Jesus, even into the unknown. And I wish I could break out into that song right now from Frozen 2, but I'm not going to do that. So you're welcome. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a big deal asking that question. And so the title of my message this morning is an introduction to discernment. So we're going to start diving into this idea of wisdom and discernment as hearing part of hearing God's voice. So we're continuing in our series, Ears to Hear, right? Positioning ourselves in a place where we can recognize the voice of God. And then, of course, once we hear it, then we obey it and we step out in faith. By the grace of God, we have enough courage and boldness and dedication to him and submission to him and surrender to him that we say yes when he says go or when he tells us to do something we have instruction in our lives. So, Uh, We're continuing the series. Uh, Last week, we talked about this idea of keeping the door open, right? Open door policy with the Holy Spirit. So we don't, after we go to church, we don't close the door to God. It's like, okay, have my God moment, close the door, and now I'm living the rest of my life. And today, when we go out into our community, same thing, we want to keep the door open. Because God's still speaking, and he might speak to us for someone else that we meet. Who knows? Uh, The door is open. And so we want to continue the conversation with God. We don't ever want to close that door. We want it to be continual conversation and walk with the Lord where our ears are open to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And we know that God is present. He's with us. And we can speak to him about whatever arises from moment to moment in our life, especially discernment. 
what are you calling me to do? Day to day, moment to moment, there's big calling, right? But then there's maybe the most prevalent calling, maybe the most important calling, and that is the calling of the present moment. God, what are you asking of me in this moment? Right now, because that's the only thing that we can speak into and live into is the present, right? So God, what are you saying to me now? And you guys have probably experienced this and been a part of it, but the biggest prayer request that I've ever heard that, is, that more people share than anything else is for wisdom and discernment. Have you guys ever asked for someone to pray, give you wisdom and discernment? Or you've prayed for someone for wisdom and discernment, right? That's the big one, right? We all, I mean, I've said it a million times. Someone asks, hey, how can I pray for you? Wisdom and discernment. What am I saying when I say that? I'm saying I want to be able to hear what God is asking me to do when it might not be super clear or explicit in Scripture, right? It's answering the question, how do I know God is speaking to me when it comes to things that aren't explicit in Scripture? How, how do I know, right? It's, so I'll give you an example. Let's say we have two job offers, right? Important decision. Where are you going to work? I mean, it's, it's important. So you have two job offers, and you're asking God, God, which one am I supposed to take? There's no moral imperative necessarily with the decision. There's not like the evil job offer, and the good one, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's not do the evil job, you know. There's not, it's not like that. It's, there's pros and cons, I don't know, and so we bring it to the Lord. So if we go to the scripture, well, the Bible doesn't say, hey, take this job, you know. So the scripture is not speaking to it specifically. So then we go to the Holy Spirit. All right, God, be my guide, be my counselor. God, what, what, what are you leading me into? What are you asking of me, Right. But a lot of times in these decisions, our emotions are heavily involved, right? So there's a lot of emotion going on on the inside. And so we're trying to hear that still small voice of God, but it's difficult because we're like, I don't know if that's me. I don't know. How do I figure that out? How do I navigate all those waters in my heart and in my mind? And I do believe scripture speaks to this. And there are steps that we can take to clear out the waters a little bit and the fog and clearly hear the voice of God and discern what he is saying. And we're going to dive into that in detail next week into the process of discernment. But first, I think we need to lay a foundation of truth. So anytime we want to discern, we want to start from the basis of what we know to be true, right? That's the, that's the steady foundation. Okay, so there's three truths that I want to share with you guys this morning that I believe are extremely important for us to believe and accept as true for us and use that as a platform for us to kind of launch into discernment. Does that make sense? So it's a foundation for us to build on uh, when it comes to discernment. So, number one, when we're bringing questions to the Lord, we have to understand that the answer to the question won't determine our value or define our identity. The answer to a question, it's not, there's no moral imperative, remember, it's not going to determine our value in God's eyes. That is not going to fluctuate, right? Because God's already set your value to him as priceless, 
right? Jesus paid the highest price possible for you to know him, the blood of his son and his own life. And so that value in God's eyes doesn't go up and down with the decision that we make. It is always up. Jesus always values you. He always sees you as a beloved son and daughter no matter what. And so that's not going to fluctuate. Understanding that truth is important because it takes some of that pressure off of these decisions. Your value is going to remain the same. And your identity will not change based on, like, for instance, what job you take. Your identity isn't going to change. You're still a son or daughter of God. You're still a follower of Jesus. The most important parts of who you are transcend the rigmarole and craziness of job changes or relationships in our life or function within the body of Christ. Those things transcend that. So we have to understand the truth that our value and our identity aren't going to change with the answer. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. So we have to remember as we dive into these questions who we are. Remember who is, reminds me of Lion King, right? The most iconic scene. Symbol, remember who you are. Oh, there we go. You are my son and the one true king. So it's like that. We have to remember who we are, right? We're God's best work. We're his crowning achievement in creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We're blameless before God in love. Adopted in the beloved. He's made us accepted. He's given us all wisdom and prudence and the knowledge of him. And redeemed us and washed us and made us clean. He's declared us to be righteous. All of this, he's anointed us, he's called us. This is all true. It, no matter what, that's who we are. That doesn't change. Depending on whether we hit or miss on this particular decision. We still are who God says we are. Amen? So we are who God says we are, and our value also does not fluctuate. Who we are is defined by what Christ did, not what we do or what we will do. That stays the same. So let me give you an example here. Maybe that you're in that position where you're trying to make a decision, right? But you're asking God this question, which job, right? For instance, we use that. Which job am I supposed to take? If we are hinging our value and our identity to the answer, meaning as soon as God gives us an answer, we're going to put all of our identity in that answer and all of our value, then God might just not give you an answer. Because he doesn't want you to be destroyed. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? He doesn't want you to fall into that trap. If we're like, okay, as soon as you give me an answer, then this is who I am and this is my value. My value is going to now be determined by the measure of my success in this job and this job is my identity now. If he knows that that's what you're going to do, then he might just not say anything. 
How many times did Jesus answer a question with a question? All the time. So many times he just said, you're asking the wrong question. And he wouldn't even answer it. Because he can see our hearts. He knows what we need before we ask him, right? The Bible says that. And so it's important to understand this truth. Because then think about it again. The pressure's off. If we know who we are, that's going to stay the same. We know our value is going to stay the same. We're still going to be loved perfectly by God. We're still called by him. We're still his son and daughter. Then, you know what? If we miss the mark a little bit and we're trying to discern God and our heart's in the right place, it's all right. His grace is there. Does that make sense? So this is important truth for us to lay as a foundation as we dive into discernment. So that's number one. Number two prioritize obedience to his revealed will. will. I want to say wheel. That's, that doesn't make sense. He doesn't have a wheel. But his revealed will and collective calling first. First, meaning there's a lot that we know that God's asked us to do. Right? There's a ton that we know that he's already asked us to do. It's very clear. So let's start there. Right? We know that God's called us to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That, that alone can be weaved into every part of our life. To love our neighbor as ourself. Again, every part of our life. To make disciples of all nations. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. To, to serve people. To love the orphan and the widow. All of these different things are very clear in scripture. There's so much that God has asked us to do. And it is beyond any shadow of any doubt that we can do. So... Let's prioritize those things first, the things we know that God has revealed to us. And then again, what happens? It takes the pressure off even more for the other decisions that we're making in our life because we're doing the things we know are created purpose. And that's our vision. Our vision as a church is, is based out of those three primary purposes, to love God, to love people, and to reach the world, right? So let's focus there first. And so we have that foundation that we lay. And then number three, God's more interested in our hearts than our success. He's more interested in our hearts than our success. First Chronicles 28.9 says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord's, Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is more interested in the why than the what. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? When we ask God a question and we're seeking his discernment, we need to ask ourselves, why? Why am I asking this question? What's the motive? What's driving me in this? And let me tell you this. I truly believe if our heart is in the right place when we're seeking God's will for our life and what we really want is to just be obedient, to love him, to serve him, and we're like, I think God is saying this. I think so. I, I, I'm not completely sure, but I think this is it. And we choose to do something, there is so much grace. Because God's that's what he's interested in, your heart. There's so much grace there, even if we did kind of miss the mark. It's like we're in this bowling lane of God's will, and we got the bumpers on, right? We just kind of have to throw the ball in the general direction of, like, I want to be obedient to Jesus and love him and love people, and then God's grace will be sufficient. 
and he'll navigate it and we'll hit the pins, <laughs> you know? He's interested in our hearts. Who does the Bible say that God gives grace to? It says he resists the proud and gives grace to who? The humble. That's what God's interested in. Will we just maintain a posture of humility? Say, all right, Lord, it's all you. When our heart's in that place, if his mercy is new every morning for all of the dumb things we do, then surely if we're seeking the Lord's will about a decision in our life and our heart is in the right place, and even if we did miss the mark, I think God's grace will be sufficient for that. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you say so? Amen? Amen. So, these truths, having these three truths, knowing who we are and our value does not going to change, prioritizing the things that are revealed, and then knowing that God's more interested in our hearts than our success, having those truths to start with, what that does is anxiety, this ball of anxiety that comes when we're making decisions in our life. I want to really know what God's will is, and it's because of our heart is good. All of that, God's just like, here, let me just take that. And when we don't have that ball of anxiety and storm on the inside of our hearts, we hear God's voice just a little bit more clearly, right? And so that's, that's the idea. So, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, next week, we're going we're gonna to dive in. Okay, what are some steps? What are some things that we can do as far as after laying this foundation, as far as the process of discerning God? We're going to talk about that uh, next Sunday. But I'm going to pray for us um, today. And I, let's see, how, how did I do? I think, yeah, that was about 15 minutes. Let's go. Woo. All right. Okay, so I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to invite John Ford, and he's going to give us some directions as far as how we're going to serve our community today. So it's going to be awesome. But would you join me in prayer, Lord Jesus? Thank you, Father, that you make a way, Lord Jesus, even where there is no way, God. Thank you, Father, that, um, that you care for our hearts or that you're more interested in that. And so, Lord, I just pray for these truths to be rooted in us, God, that any time we step into a place where we're making a decision, we're discerning your will, Lord God, that these truths will kind of rise up to the surface, Lord, that we know who we are in you, we know our value, we know that that doesn't change because of the cross. Lord God, we know what you've called us to do, and we know that you're interested in our hearts, Lord. And I just pray, God, for freedom. Lord, no anxiety, no worry. Father, I pray for every person here, Lord Jesus, who's in the process of making a decision. Lord, I pray for relief from any tension within their hearts, Jesus. Supernatural peace, Lord, in decision-making, God, and that you will make it clear where you want them to go, what you want them to do. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Awesome.